My brothers and sisters, I just would like to thank you for taking a little time out of your day to spend a little time with me here on our podcast. My name is Reverend James Barkley. I am the pastor of the Damascus Road Outreach Ministry, and this is A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey, Plain Talk for Plain Folk. I want to thank each of you for your kind words, comments, encouragement. This podcast was started just simply to encourage God's people. Uh, It is just born out of uh, my relationship, my relationship with God. It's growing daily, and God reveals things to you if you walk with him. And I've walked with him, for he has meant the world and all to me. So I pray that as you listen, a word will be shared or a sentiment will be offered that will encourage your walk with God. It will encourage you to seek him, to find him, and allow him to find you. I always like to open with the affirmation of faith. Uh, This is my belief statement. This is what I believe, and I always like to share it. I think we should all have an affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, that all churches are one in Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. This is season five, episode four of Operating in the Courts of Heaven. We're going to kind of pick up where we left off last time. We're talking about the dimensions of prayer from our series of Operating in the Courts of Heaven. Uh, Last week, we just kind of just generally talked a little bit. Tonight, we're back on task. We're going to be talking about approaching God as the Father And we're going to start with that very familiar passage of of the prodigal son. We've all found ourselves uh, in that prodigal situation. We're building on the idea of how Zacchaeus was repositioned. His heart was repositioned to see Jesus. That's where we started at. And uh, we have been building on that, uh, a burning desire for God. We are trying to help you find and establish a burning desire for doing the will of God. And that scripture was from Hebrews 11, 15, and 16. And now we're just going to move right along and we're going to take up tonight as we start off with approaching God as Father. And this is one of the three dimensions of prayer that we'll be talking about doing our podcast for a little while now. So we're going to move right ahead and and get right into this conversation. Uh, And we're taking this again from the Luke, the 15th chapter, 17 through the 19th verses. And it reads this way. And the reason why we're starting here, because the revelation that Abba is our father is very critical. It's important that you understand and you grasp the concept that God is your father. 
Yes, I know some of us still, our fathers yet live. I'm a father, I yet live. I have children and they know I'm their father. You have children, they know you're their father. But it's very important that we understand that God is the father of all. So as we are fallible human beings, we tend to make errors, we tend to make mistakes. God is not. He's not going to make a mistake. We chastise our children. They get their lips poked out. Say, oh, my God, why did you do that? God, he chastises us because he loves us and it's for our own good. And we'll talk about that a little farther down the road. Before I get started, I just want to remind you who are going through. We all are going through. Or we just went through. Or we just coming out. And if you have not gone through yet, remind me to remind you. Keep living. You will go through. And when you find yourself in that situation and you have no way else to turn and nothing seems to work right, know this. God loves you. He sees you. He understands you. When nobody else will, your father will understand you. This is what the prodigal son kind of missed. So bear with me. Let's let's go to Luke 15, 17 through 19. I love the way this passage starts. This passage of scripture starts and it says, when he came to himself. Now, I can identify that. I've had to come to myself many times. Some of you are trying to find out who you are, what you are, where you are, where you're going, what you're doing. You don't understand what's going on, but believe me, you will come to yourself. Now, this is a place that no one can lead you except the Lord. I know. There's a lot of theological pros and cons about uh, the duality of man and and who we are and and this and that and the other. We read, we watch TV, we listen to others, and we still have not yet figured out who we are. But as the prodigal son in this scripture says, and I'm going to read the scripture for us to kind of set the stage. We always say you know the story, but maybe you don't know the story. So if you don't know the story, we're going to share the story with you, okay? So it reads like this. This is Luke 15, 17 through 19. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and he will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as thy hired servant. Okay, now let's think about this for a minute. The scripture reveals the thoughts of the prodigal son as he prepared to return to his father's house. I always, when I preach about this, I always just call him James. I identify with this brother, and you should too. So just put your name in there. So for the purposes of teaching, I'm just going to call the prodigal James. That's me. It's my name, and I don't mind putting it on with the prodigal son. Now, James, the son, underestimated his father's love. He was counting on his father being overcome with pity, and at the least, he would make him a servant. So here he was in the far country doing what he wanted to do. And all of a sudden he found himself in a perilous situation. Perilous. It was bad. 
I've been in a bad situation. Have you ever been in a bad situation? Sure you have. Everybody has. Man, woman, boy, girl. We all have been in a bad situation at one time or another. And we cried out. A lot of us hadn't prayed in a long time until we got in trouble. We got in trouble and we learned one thing. We remembered to say, Lord, have mercy. And guess what? He had mercy. Now here, here James was, the prodigal son now. He figured that he would get back home and if nothing else, because he was sure that his father was going to be like us. His father was going to judge him for being disobedient, for doing what he wanted to do, for going his own way. Like us, his father had not yet recognized or realized how to deal with adult children. So he was sure that his father was going to have an incriminating kind of attitude. But in the far stretches of his imagination, he did not once think that his father would restore him. He did not think once that his father would just say, well, let bygones be bygones. I'm good with you. I love you. And so I'm going to restore you to your former role. So his role was as the son. You, and, and you know the story. And if you hadn't, he, he got home and his father saw him coming down the road. Can't you see it in your sanctified mind? Here I'm walking up the gate and here my daddy see me running down the road. And he ran out to meet him. I can see him now getting off the porch, off the deck, whatever you want to call it. Saw his boy coming up the, the, the driveway and he got off the porch. He ran down to meet him. And as our children would do, they talked past the clothes. The prodigal son began to talk and he had his speech all laid out. He was going to say this to his dad and that to his dad. And he was going to tell him, oh, I'm sorry. I, I should have listened. I, I should have. You know what? That's the good thing about God being your father. He already knows the intent of your heart. He knows what you were thinking when you were in your far country. He already knows. So here the prodigal James began to talk and his father interrupted him. And he was given his little speech. He, he had it all laid out, trying to explain his position. The father out of love restores him completely to himself and to his house. Here, the example of the father being well pleased with the son. So regardless of who we are, where we've been, what we do, God is ready to restore you. Now it's obvious that this boy, this James, had, had asked God to forgive him. He had asked in the, in the scripture, he had asked his father, that he said, I sinned before you and God. So we have to be humble enough to say, God, forgive me. Now, it's not about what everybody else does. We live in an age that has taught us how to shift blame, pass it around. We talked about in our service on Sunday, we, we, we talked about uh, one of the apostles uh, said that on her mind, she was talk, we talked about the uh when we injure someone or the uh, offense they call it the spirit of offense we talked about that we talked about alignment and then the 
preacher that was doing the teaching talked about uh, a wounded spirit, more or less, but when, when your soul's been wounded. So here we have to stop and think that in the midst of this son's explanation of what he'd done, the father ignored all of that, all of the, the, the ideology that he had offended his father, because in his mind, he, he had offended him by his actions. Sometimes we spend a lot of time figuring out the offense of others. And we never once stop to think that maybe I've offended someone in the same way. The reason that we recognize that, that offensive spirit is because it's like looking in the mirror. We see just a little glimmer, a little glimpse of us in the offended party. I know that pushes that stretch. That stretches your imagination a little bit. It puts you in a place that you really don't want to recognize and admit, but I had to. I had to admit a prime example. My youngest daughter, well, she's 30, so she's not young no more, but she's my baby girl. She always reminds me she's not a baby, but she's always going to be my baby. We argue. We fuss. We fall out. And every time we have a discussion that's offensive to me, I see a little of me in her. It stops me. I have to think about what I'm saying, think about what we're talking about, and start to reflect on myself. Because if I don't, uh, my wife is fond of saying that when we fail to acknowledge a truth, we're deflecting. So instead of deflecting the reality of the circumstances, I embrace it and say, well, you know what? I hear what she's saying. I understand, even though I don't want to sometimes, but I do understand. And I see that that offense is just a reflection of who I've been. All right, parents. Yeah, we don't want to admit it. Our children will offend us because we've offended others. It's a little reflection of what we have done in our lives. And God will remind us of that as he reminded James, the prodigal son, of his life. And then here he is back at his father saying, Daddy, I, I, I just, and his dad saying, his father is just letting him know, I love you, boy. I love you. That's what God is saying to us tonight. I love you. I gave all I had for you. I sacrificed my only son for you. Are we ready to face this truth? It's something that we're going to have to face sooner or later. How real is our love? How real is our love for our children? How real is our love for strangers? Is our love in the same caliber as the love that the Father has for us? I don't know. That's something you're going to have to just chill on that and think about a little bit. But anyway, let's let's continue to talk a little bit about this, this father that, that restored his son. The father was so excited about his son returning home, and he asked for the robes, the rings, and the sandals. He was so excited that he threw a party. His son was home. And nothing made him happier than that boy coming back home, James coming back home. Nothing makes the father happier than when we turn 
from our ways, from our wicked ways, from our sin, from the things that we're doing in the world, when we stop, turn around, and face the truth, nothing makes him happier when we come home. Come back into his loving arms and embrace the idea that he loves us and he's able to do anything but fail. Acknowledge that Jesus is the reason. You know, we're in this Christmas season now and we got a lot of commercials and we say Xmas and a whole lot of other things, but we often see the little signs in the yards. I saw one coming home tonight. It says, Christmas is the birthday. Or, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Now we're starting to understand that Jesus is the reason for everything. So as this prodigal son came home, as James came home, the father was so excited, he threw a big party. This Abba, God wants us to know who he is in his fatherhood as it concerns us. Abba, A-B-B-A, Abba, Father, wants you to know who he is as related to being father of all, being your heavenly father. Isn't that comforting to know? Isn't it comforting to know that someone loves you so much that they're willing to give everything? And they're so glad when you come back home. The spirit of adoption reveals this fact of who God is in his fatherhood. And now you got to understand one other thing. Now I'm going to throw this in there. That one does not negate the other. Even though God is our loving, caring, and life-giving Abba, he is also the one who has all authority. He's our loving father, but he has all authority. Hear me good. He has all authority. He has the authority over your business. He has the authority over your life. He has the authority over and in your relationship. He has the authority over your thinking. He has the authority over your being, all that you hope to be, all that you are and all that you will be. He has the authority over everything. Now, as we raise children, you, you got children, as we raise children, we understand that in every home, there must be authority. This is what gives order to the home. We know that without authority being exemplified, there will be no clear order established and there will be chaos in the home. That explains why some of our homes are just run amok. No authority. Parents want to be friends. I love my children, but I'm not their friend. I'm their father. I love my grandchildren. I love them to death, but I'm their grandfather. I am not their friend. I can show them love and compassion and do things that we want to do together, but there must be a clear line of authority in your home. If you are in a committed relationship, and I've been in one over 30 some years with my wife, because you are in a relationship, it does not mean you lord over somebody. It means you exemplify authority. You exemplify authority through leadership, through example. There must be authority. Clear line, or there's going to be chaos in the home. Discipline must be presented from a loving perspective. Now, a lot of us, 
grew up in an age where spanking was acceptable. We spanked our children. I was spanked. We spanked our children. And that was an acceptable form of communicating discipline. Now we live in a different age. We don't spank children no more. We talk to them. We put them in time out. We, we do a whole lot of other things, but we negate discipline. And then we wonder why our children will fall for anything, anybody, follow anything on TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever it is, the next generation of craziness in the world, except us. When I was coming up, I I feared my mother. <laughs> I feared my grandmother. We feared our parents. But somehow, because we failed to present discipline from a loving perspective, our children have lost the idea of who's in charge in the home. Much in the same way that we have lost our perspective of who's in charge in our lives until we get like the prodigal son. Now, this is just driving home. When you get in trouble, then we remember who God is. It'd be nice if you remember who God is way before trouble comes. If you learn to acknowledge him in this dimension of prayer, acknowledging him as your father, you'll be find out that the answers will present themselves. You'll find out that there will not be chaos in your life. You will find out that he will provide discipline in your life and it will be presented from a loving perspective in order to create create a nurturing environment in our homes we must raise our children to grow up prepared to meet their destiny now if you don't know how to meet your destiny you'll never be able to teach them how to meet their destiny so it's going to be real important that you align yourself with your father it's going to be real important that you learn how to ask for forgiveness to repent of your sins. Now, listen, I don't know what you've done. I, not my business. It's not for me to judge you in your life. It's just for me to remind you that you need to repent. You need to go before God and say, here I am. I'm sorry for what I've done from the earliest of my beginnings until this present time. Lord, please forgive me. Now I want to come home. I want to be uh, delve, to delve down deep into the depths of your love. I want to understand with every minute inch of my heart from the center of my existence, I want to understand who you are to me, what I can be to you, and how I can go forward. Now, listen. Uh, I had cancer and my daughters asked me to start this podcast by way of sharing uh, my experience with uh, other men or other people going through it. I was reluctant. I tried. I stopped. I, I tried. I stopped. And I found this out. By the grace of God, my loving wife and my children. They were my support system 100% while I was going through that situation. 
I found time to be retrospective. I found time to ask God for forgiveness. From the earliest of my beginnings until the present day, I asked, I talked with him, I, you know. And it, I was reminded that I had not always lived the best life. And it wasn't I was afraid to die. I was just concerned that I was sick and something had grabbed a hold of me that I didn't see coming. I didn't know where it come from, why, and I was like everybody else, had a million questions, but all of a sudden trouble was at my door. I found myself. I found my way back to God. I found my way how to make sure that my relationship was intact. I found myself. Now, I'm not saying that that's what it's going to take for you, because it might not. You might not need to do all of that. You might already have this down. Pat, it may never come to that for you. But that's what it came to for me. It made me stop. It made me look. It made me listen. And I'm happy to say that now we are cancer free. Listen, we're going to talk a little more about this prodigal son in our next podcast. We're going to talk more about um, the chastening of the Lord. We're going to talk a little more about all these things. But right now, we're just going to stop for the night, read a little excerpt from the book, A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey. The author is James Barkley, your very own. And we're going to take a scripture from 1 Kings 18 and 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if he be Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Now, when I wrote this, I used a topic that was remember when, remember when, and it reads like this. I believe in my heart today that somewhere there is someone looking back over the long night of turmoil. To you, my brother or sister, I say today's your turn to receive a very special blessing from on high. All you have to do is just remember the last time your deliverance came from seemingly out of nowhere. Remember when you had no hope and thought that God was not listening, but somehow, some way, you received an unexpected blessing. Today is that kind of day. Just decide exactly where you stand and what you believe. Extend yourself beyond hope into a place of unimaginable certainty that God is going to deliver. It all depends on your faith. Speak it, live it, believe it, and you won't be disappointed. Excerpt from the book, A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey, Volume 1. Author is James Barkley. Listen, I appreciate the opportunity to come your way more than you can imagine. I appreciate sharing with you what God puts on my heart and what 
little nuggets we can find from the Bible. Uh, next time, we will start with another scripture that shows us God is Father in heaven in Hebrews 12, 6 through 8, and the role that a father plays in our lives. We'll talk about a little more about the chastening of the Lord, the discipline that indicates that he loves us enough to correct us for our own good, and that we are the sons and daughters of God. And like any good parent, he will correct us. This flows from the very depth of love and the fatherhood of God and his authority in our lives. Listen, again, I want to thank you for spending a moment or two with me. This is A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey, Plain Talk for Plain Folk. Look forward to speaking with you soon. God bless.